Hello. are you? Hi. I'm good. Extra great today. <laughs> You're extra good? Yeah, because we have a guest. Oh, that's so true. Oh, <laughs> already well, kicking it off. She mm-hmm. is. Well, before we get into that, um, how are y'all doing? Fair. What's going on? She's fair. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Anything new, spooky going on? Pretty dormant up here. No. A lot of people have asked me about ghosts recently. Yeah. And I have no stories to tell. <sighs> hate that. But it's odd. It's like it's come like recently a lot of people have come up to me and been like, how are the ghosts? Hmm. I'm like, they're good. Maybe something's coming. Maybe something maybe is on there's, its way. Yeah, maybe they're like feeling something and I'm not asking enough questions. Could be. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a spooky update. Not spooky, spooky, but like we have a new sweatshirt in the shop and it's really cute and spooky. So I, I saw that. It is so cute and it looks super comfy. Yeah. So I know that people are always wanting to know about the new merch updates and there, there you have it. So comfortable. I can't wait to get one. So comfy. Yes. Also, you guys, I just have to tell you both because I feel like you would probably enjoy this podcast that I'm obsessed with right now. What? And I know that people love recommendations, but it's called Sweet Bobby. And it's like the ultimate catfish. It's <laughs> so insane. What? And I can't get over it. It's it's a short series. It's only six episodes long, but it's like investigative and it's done by a journalist and it's the real deal and it's so good i'm i wish there were more episodes i'm already ready to like re-listen to what is available so i love it so it's like a catfish like one person investigating their catfish so it is this journalist who's like diving into someone's story about being catfished and the person who was catfished is like featured on on the show so ah, so it's, it's like the tv show but in podcast version yes but it's the drama it's basically this catfish went on for 10 years oh wow so yeah pretty crazy stuff but i thought i should let the people know because i can't get enough and that's that i can't wait to listen yeah love it well should we get into it yes all right we're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa, Kylie, Emily, and it's time to get spooky. <laughs> All right. As Kylie mentioned, we have a very exciting guest with us today. We have our friend Cynthia Sear of True Hauntings and Scary Stories, one of our new favorite podcasts. Welcome, Cynthia. Welcome, Cynthia. Hello. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. This was a podcast goal of mine. So oh, check stop. off the list. Check it off. I love it. <laughs> we are so excited to have you um, and yes. to hear your stories. Before we get into everything, can you tell our listeners a bit more about what you do on your show? Sure. Um, I'm actually a horror author. I have a published book called Parade of Nightmares, and that's kind of what spurred it all. I started a blog, which is truehauntings.com, and that kind of morphed into me publishing the book, which is eight short stories. Each one features a different phobia. So like clowns, spiders, tight spaces, all the creepy things. 
So then I, I did the book and then um, some followers were like, you should do a podcast. And I was like, no, cause my voice is dumb. But then <laughs> I finally <laughs> did and it is going really, really well. And it's a lot of fun too. So the podcast is true hauntings and scary stories because I, some episodes are me interviewing fun people or people in the paranormal industry and then other episodes are me reading short stories that I have written. Love it. So Love. true hauntings and scary stories. Perfect. A perfect That's honestly the perfect mix. It's the perfect mix. It really mix is. Too. And you're such a talented writer. So it's like to just to hear the stories from your own voice, it, it's special. It's something special, you know? Thank you. Did you guys happen to listen to the one episode where I accidentally uploaded the raw, unedited audio oh, oh my no. gosh no <laughs> it, it was cat so bad in the background <laughs> it was so bad oh well uh, if it makes you feel any better there was an episode a few years ago that got uploaded and for some reason i don't know what happened the the file got corrupted at some point it sounded like we were in the bottom of a well like there was oh. a full on just like <laughs> echo sound and people like within minutes, luckily of it being posted, were like, what's up with the episode this week? <laughs> and oh, we were no. able to fix it. But oh my gosh. So we totally understand these things happen. Girl, people thought we were underwater. Not as kind. <laughs> they did oh, not tell me no. for a week and a half. Oh, my episode had 1,200 downloads before I figured oh it out. <laughs> oh, That's no. hilarious. I was like, you they liked it that way. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. they, were like, they were just rolling with the punches. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I guess that says something about the content you're putting out. Still good, even unedited. So, yeah. Yeah. Very I true. Guess. She's well, unedited. She's unplugged. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, I know that the listeners are going to, going to want to know, where did your interest in the paranormal and all things spooky kind of start? Well, I feel like I need to lay on a couch right now. It all started back <laughs> when I... <laughs> um, I have always um, felt and seen things and heard things. My youngest memory that I can positively say was a paranormal incident was I think I was probably about six or seven ish, like in that range. And I was at my nanny and grandpa's house because their house is obnoxiously haunted. Mm -hmm. And I was there as a kid and I, um, they have this big grand stairway that goes up to the second floor. It's kind of like, um, um, I forgot the name of the movie, famous movie with the staircase. You guys help me out. The Sound of Music? Gone, gone with the Wind. Oh. Gone with the Wind. So it was very Gone with the Wind-esque. And anyway, so I used to, we used to crawl up to the top of it because my grandpa had this block, this board like blocking it. And I would hide up there and like, tee hee hee, nobody can see me. <laughs> and I went up there one day and I was laying on the top step and I suddenly, I was like six or so. And I suddenly felt like cool air coming from the crack in the wood and the staircase, you know, and this is in Florida where cold air like doesn't happen in my grandparents' mm. house. There's no central heat and air. So it's a three story 
Victorian Gothic style mansion of a house. Wow. So that was not logical. So, and then I just suddenly knew that somebody was on the other side. Even at that age, I just knew somebody's over there. And I was like trying to look through the crack to see who it was. So that was probably my first memory of it. But I mean, I grew up around it. I practically grew up in their house. So it was just normal for me. When I got into like elementary and middle school, I would be surprised when other kids didn't have grandparents with a haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's not haunted? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Where in Florida was your parents' house? Um, it was my grandparents' house and they, I'm sorry, grandparents. <laughs> their house is in St. Augustine, Florida. Very <sighs> spooky town, very haunted, a lot mm-hmm. of history. It was founded in 1565. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you might know better than me, but I think it's the oldest continuously settled city in America or something along those lines. Girl, I have got the funniest thing about that. Okay, so (laughs) I was born and raised in St. Augustine. And so in high school, we had a history teacher who hated it when people said it was the oldest city or the oldest town or whatever, because technically it's not. So he made us at the top of every quiz we took in his class, we had to write this phrase. St. Augustine is the oldest continuously occupied European settlement. (laughs) He would not pass us unless we wrote that. (laughs) So what? Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Continuously occupied European settlement. Wow. All right. Well, the more he he wanted to get that across to Mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. But so that is like considered one of the most haunted cities in America. So it it makes perfect sense that you got into the paranormal at a very early age. Yeah. Um, Do you like of of all the stories from St. Augustine, are there any that you believe or have experienced personally of the like main ghost stories from St. Augustine? Um, let's see. I didn't really ghost hunt per se. I did go on the ghost tours a lot, the walking ones in downtown St. Augustine, and I never really caught any evidence, but you certainly get that weird feeling often. I yeah. did go to the old fort, um, Castillo de San Marcos, but all us locals just call it the old fort. And, uh, I went there a few times and there there's a room in that fort that they opened up, they found, and it was um, blocked off. And so they just have a little half door that you basically crawl into the room. And the story was that some lady and her lover got like bricked into that room as a punishment for what being were they together. Doing? They oh, were being together <laughs> and I don't think her dad liked it or something. I wish I knew the story exactly, but, um, yeah, that room gave me the heebie-jeebies for sure. Like I'm not, uh, a medium or anything, I don't think, but I certainly am sensitive to energies like that. And that mm-hmm. room creeped me the heck out. The lighthouse is another good one. Um, I'm afraid of heights. So my body was freaking out anyway, <laughs> but <laughs> that, that lighthouse, to me too. yes. So those two are good. St. George Street. I used to work on St. George Street 
and um, which is the main stretch that you walk down in downtown St. Augustine. And I would often get creeped out going to my car because we had to park like in back of it, this dark alleyway and stuff. So, yeah, but my grandparents' house was built in 1876. Oh, wow. And it's right just outside of what they consider to be downtown St. Augustine. So like, it's just right across the main road from wow. downtown. So yeah, most of my stories are there. Wow. And so I know that a lot of places that are like notoriously haunted don't necessarily claim it. Is that the case in St. Augustine or do people kind of embrace the the haunted history? I would say most places embrace it. I think there's a few restaurants that downplay it, <laughs> but <laughs> most people, I mean, all of us locals know, we, you know, we know everything. You are, you'd be hard pressed to find a place in downtown St. Augustine that is not haunted. Yeah. So there's Regardless a few places. Regardless of whether but, the owner of the business says it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do know there's one restaurant where people always go and take pictures inside the bathroom because the bathroom's supposed to be haunted. I can't remember the name Ooh. of it right now. Might be Harry's Seafood. Harry's Haunted Shits. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so funny that you say the bathroom, though, because there are so many stories of places with haunted bathrooms where people are, like, seeing an apparition behind them in the mirror or mm-hmm. the right. door dolls doors like closing when nobody's in there it's like what's going on in these bathrooms guys? i think people feel vulnerable in a bathroom you know and True. So they're True. just like watching their back yeah you know yeah and these ghosts are like all right if you want it i'll give it to you i have Here a funny is. story about <laughs> the bathroom in the lighthouse so um a friend of mine that i went to high school with actually works at the lighthouse and she um, she told me that people keep going in the bathroom there. I think it's the ladies' room. And they keep snapping pictures of the mirror because they take their little EMF things in there and it goes off. Yep. But she says that she constantly has to tell people there's a power panel back there. Like, yeah. It's not what you think it is. The bathroom is not actually haunted. Oh, my gosh. I know. Gotta watch out for that electricity. It really mm-hmm. is. It's so funny to see um, all the like ghost tours and things that offer EMF readers for people to kind of take around as they're on the tours, and they don't really explain all of the like sort of tidbits that we know about what goes off in terms of EMF. So people are like, "I found something! I found something!" And mm-hmm. it's like you you found a light switch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> got wires behind it. But yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, you found the cable box. Yeah, you did find a source of energy. You're not wrong. It's yes. just well, technically made rather than <laughs> ghost <Yep>. made. <laughs> mm. Wow. So, what do you think came first? Your love of writing or your love of horror or your interest in horror? Probably my interest in the paranormal and scary movies. I'm all about that too. Um, Because my nanny would tell us all the story of the house and she would, it's funny because as we got older, we got more details because that story is not kid friendly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So she, the older we got, the more details we would learn. (laughs) So I just kind of grew up 
hearing that story. And she actually wrote a book about the house herself. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It published a family of writers. Yeah. She, it published the year I was born. Oh. So, um, and then she came to nanny you. No, no, she's my grandmother. Oh, name. I thought you said the nanny wrote the book. I was like, damn. And then she came over and was like, hey, I was like, I'd be scared of that. You're not hired. You are not hired. Right. No, that's just our name for her, nanny. Oh, but she's my grandmother. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mine oh, was a crazy girl. <laughs> so, wow, <laughs> writing and like interest in the paranormal kind of runs in the family then. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely, I think that she gravitated toward that house because of the stories Mm. behind it. And then, um, she bought it. She wrote the book about it. They had to fix it up when they bought the house, it was condemned and they had to promise the city that they would fix it up in order for the city to allow them to buy it because the family that lived there, they all died off and the house was in shambles. Could you tell us the story of the haunted house? So It's a harrowing tale of woe and incest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Can't have one without the other. Yeah. So (laughs) the family that lived in the house before my grandparents um, were ex-carnival workers. So they either, um, like the lady of the house, she was a seamstress, but she also played the baritone And so um, she performed in the circus and her husband did too, although I can't remember what it was that he did. But anyway, they retired basically in this house. So she kept doing the seamstress thing to make money. And they were really reclusive. They did not leave the house much at all. She had two kids, a boy and a girl who were half siblings because one of them was from a previous um, marriage. This man that she was with was her second husband. So um, she wouldn't let the kids leave ever. And she would have clients come to her house to, um, you know, do the fittings and stuff. So the kids didn't get any exposure other than their little family pod. So, you know, they get to be young teenagers and they start doing what teenagers do. (laughs) And the the daughter got pregnant by her half brother. Uh, no. Yes. So what happened was the lady of the house, that's what I always call her. Cause my nanny always called her that I can't tell you names or the name of my nanny's book or anything. Cause when she wrote it, she kept all those details in the book, including her address. So if I give you the name of the book, you will be able to easily find her got house it. with one Whoa, Google search. Okay. So I can't do it. But so I will always say lady of the house or whatever. So she got really mad. So she um, secreted her daughter off until she had the baby. And then she brought it back as her own. She raised it as her child um, to keep that secret. Well, guys, that child was a boy and he grew up. And when he got old enough to do things, he ended up laying with his mother who technically would also be his sister, right? Or aunt. I don't know. That's too much incest for me. So he (laughs) laid with his mom and got her pregnant again. No, like didn't mom know who he was? I think they were out of their noggins. Yes. Yes. She knew they were 
I don't know. Immoral? I, I don't know. So she got pregnant by her son, who she had with her half-brother. So this level of incest was bad. So this time, the lady of the house is really mad again. This time, she keeps the whole thing secret. And then when they have the baby, she um, wants nothing to do with it. So she tells her daughter and son and whatever that they need to raise the baby themselves. And so the baby's kind of area became the third floor of the house because it is a big very large Victorian sprawling house. It's like 7,000 or 8,000 square feet. So the third floor became oh, wow. his floor. So they kept him up there. He was mentally handicapped because of the incest and also a little, a little deformed. Like from what I understand, his face didn't look quite right, that kind of thing. So as he started getting older, um, five or six, he would like flash people from the window on the third floor and like oh, yell at people. He it. even at one point was peeing out of the window <laughs> down to the sidewalk that runs right by the, the house. So he started causing mischief and that was pissing off the lady of the house. So one night she has a, a client over, she would make big ball gowns for the rich people in St. Augustine back then. This is early 1900s. So she had a client over doing a fitting and he was throwing a fit, having a tantrum, whatever. And he's supposed to be secret. Nobody was supposed to know that he existed. So the lady, the client took note of it and she had to kind of explain it away. And that made her furious. So she went upstairs after that client left and she locked up the third floor and would not allow anyone in the rooms to, to care for him anymore. Oh my gosh. And he starved yeah. to death up there. Oh, so my nanny did show me claw marks that were in like the bottom oh. of the door and on the floor where he tried. I assume he tried to get out, but I he was pretty mentally handicapped. So all I can think is imagine a mentally handicapped child of five or six ish years old in a room. Suddenly nobody's coming in. Nobody's feeding you anymore. Oh. Nobody's cleaning up after him. Like what a the horrible, horrible thing. Yeah. Oh, heartbreaking. So she left him up there. She would not let them in and they didn't force their way in. So it, he starved. Well, she didn't open the doors back up until the smell became an issue. Ew. So Ew, what the frick? <laughs> there's a spot. It's not there anymore, but my nanny always kind of thought that that might have been the spot where he laid down and died because the wood floor was gross. It was like rotted and not right. And it was kind of in that size that it would have been. So she just always told me, I think that's where it was or whatever. So the lady of the house finally opened the doors, let her kids go get him. And then they buried him in secret in the backyard. Oh my gosh. So supposedly he's still there because my grandparents never dug him up or anything. So if that whole thing is true, which I do believe it is, that should be where he still is. Oh, my gosh. So horrific. how could it not he, be haunted? Yeah, exactly. he's not the only one that's died in the house. Like the family died off there. Mm -hmm. Several of them passed in the house. In fact, the boy's mother, the, the daughter, um, she died in the house from some kind of illness, flu, or I don't know, something. So, Whew. 
so cursed. <laughs> it's messed so up. Cursed. So how did your grandma get this information? Did she have, did she find things in the house or was it like? Well, my grandparents bought a few houses next to that house. My mm. grandpa was an electrician. And so um, they bought property nearby and they got to know the final family member before he mm. passed away. He told them the stories, neighbors told them stories. And then when they bought the house, when he died, all that family stuff was still in there. Diaries, journals, photos, oh my everything. Gosh. So not only did they hear the stories from other people and from the final family member, but they also got all their possessions. So she kind of pieced it together. Wow. wow. It's insane. Whew. Yeah. <clears throat> what a story. Yeah, right? That is a pretty pretty intense introduction in, into hauntings and yeah. spooky things. Yeah. So what kind of things started happening in the house when your grandparents were there or when you were there? Um, cold spots are really common in the house, mm -hmm. even though no central heat and air. Technically, it does have central heat and air now, but it's broken so that it only <laughs> worked for like a year or two. Oh, no. I mean, try air conditioning a three-story Victorian mansion with it's like difficult. one little unit. Like, come on, family. Oh, yeah. What were you guys thinking? <laughs> so... Cold spots are common. Door slamming are common. Um, voices that you can hear with your ears. That happens pretty re relatively often. Um, EVPs. I, I hit record on my phone literally every time I go there because I'm in mm. Ohio now. So Smart. I hit it every time I go there and I catch something every time. Every time. And they're not small. They, they would be what you would call an A, grade A, I don't know, whatever, EVP. Huh. Mysterious. And they're always like pertinent to the conversation we're having. Yeah. So like one time my son and I were looking for my nanny's purse because she lost it again. And <laughs> we were going through the house and I we got up to the library on the second floor and I said to my son, oh, I, I should hit record real quick. So I hit it. And as soon as I hit it, like seconds later, you can hear a girl's voice say, it's over there. <gasps> oh, what? Yeah. Wow. So th they're intelligent hauntings. It's not yes. just like residual things going on there. Yes. And ghosts love finding stuff for you. They do honestly. love to find <laughs> stuff. They also love yeah. to hide it. So. Yeah. They love to hide it and then help you discover it. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> the games, you know? Yep, they do love yeah. to play games. So did your, I mean, I, I'm assuming that your grandma, um, that Nanny believed in the paranormal or ghosts. Um, what about your grandpa? Oh, um, grandpa would always say that he didn't believe in them. But then every now and then you could get him to tell you a story. Mm -hmm. So like one of the stories he told me was when they first bought the house and they were fixing it up, he wanted to keep the top um, bedroom doors closed because the house is drafty and all that. So he would close them and he'd come back the next day and cause they didn't sleep in the house at first. It was that bad off. So he'd come back the next day and the doors would be wide open on the third floor. So then he started blocking them with bricks because he would, he would close one door and put a brick behind it and then go out another door of that bedroom. Cause they all had two doors on them. And Come back the next day, brick is moved, like brick is pushed away with the door 
and door is wide Uh-oh. open. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that makes sense to me, you know, because if that kid was trapped there and starved to death, of course, he's not going to want the doors closed. Oh, no. That does make sense. Oh, poor guy. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Ugh. Imagine, if you dare. Whoa, 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 hold tight. Let's... A podcast so shocking. No, it's not that shocking. It's just... So disturbing. Now you're just being dramatic. That it will chill you to your very core. I don't... Have you even heard the show? There's no escaping. I mean, there is. The horrible just... consequences of... Just press pause, but don't do that. Right day. My name is Byron McCoy, and each week I join my friends Sam and Kelly, where we talk films, monsters, the paranormal, and pretty much all things frightening. From time to time, we talk with like-minded specialists, directors, actors, cryptozoologists, conspiracy theorists, but whether it's the human terror of serial killers and home invasions, or the extra-normal phenomena Kelly covers in her Cryptids and Conspiracies segment, if it bleeds, hacks, stabs, chops, summons, sacrifices, abducts, or bites, it is Fright Day. Every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at FrightDay.com. FrightDay.com. Stop it. You're scaring them. Sorry. Um, so I know that your sister also works with you on the podcast. Tina? Um, did you share any experiences in that house together? Um, so Tina is my sister like whole, like full, I don't know how to word that. She's my sister. And then I have, um, three half siblings. So Brick is my half sister and she's also on the podcast with me more so than Tina. Cause Tina's very shy. So she did a few episodes with me and then she was like, I can't handle this. This is too much. <laughs> but <laughs> Tina and I, yes, we, we did goofy things together and it was all me. It was all my doing because <laughs> Tina was, a little scared her and she, she didn't have, I, I don't know. She's never had the, the, um, pull toward those energies like I have. So stuff like that doesn't happen to her. Like it happens to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I was constantly pulling her in with me, like, come do this and come do that. So one time we watched a scary movie and in the scary movie, I can't remember which one it was, but Uh, we watched them when we were young. We were too young to be watching scary movies. (laughs) So we were probably at this point, maybe I was 10 and she was eight or something. And we watched it and a priest guy went into the house and he like blessed each room, you know, one by one with this cross that he had. And he'd like do the symbol of the cross and stuff. And so I got the bright idea that we should clear Nanny's house. (laughs) So... I tell Tina, come on, let's do this. And I had this little cross charm on a necklace. So I'm like, this is our cross. And I go in there. So we start on the first floor because that's the least haunted sort of, not really, but so we start there and we're doing each room. Everything's fine. Um, Nanny and grandpa were outside working on stuff. They always were like in the garden or whatever. So we get to the second floor and we're doing the thing, each room, nothing's really happening. So we go to the third floor 
And we start in one of the rooms on the third floor and a door on the second floor slams like somebody just full on slammed it in anger. And so we jump and we're like, whoa, you know, so we go downstairs to check it out. Door on the third floor slams like hard slams. We're like, what is happening? I I can't remember details now as much, but I want to say we waited again. And when the door slammed a, a third time, we hightailed it. I can't tell you how many times we would come busting out of the house yelling, Nanny, there's a ghost. There's a ghost. <laughs> oh <my laughs> that gosh. was one of those times. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That sounds terrifying. Do you think that was like one of the scariest moments? What's your scariest moment in the house? Ooh, scariest moment. Oh, okay. Well, that one's easy and terrible. So um, I I am one of the younger uh, of my grandparents' grandkids. I have a lot of cousins that are older than me. Mm-hmm. And a couple of my cousins thought it would be hilarious to tie me to a chair on the what? third floor and leave me there for two no. hours. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Evil. They did that. <laughs> and I was freaking terrified. And in the, the third floor, my grandparents never really used. It was like storage area. And it's big, sprawling third floor. It's just the same size as all the other floors because the house is kind of a really tall square. So they would have all kinds of junk up there, old paintings, um, dolls. My nanny collected ceramic dolls. Oof. Of course, because she's in a haunted house. Why would of you not? Course. <laughs> Yo, so, I would never talk to these cousins again. <laughs> They're dead so to me. I, uh-huh. I sat there and there was this like um, bureau thing next to me that had a mirror in the front of it. What do you call those? Armoires? There was that next to me and it had a mirror on it. And I just sat in that chair with my eyes closed and was like, I am not looking at that mirror because I just knew if I looked at the mirror, there was going to be something in it. Oh yeah. I don't know if that was my childhood fear or if maybe there was something there. I don't know, but I just knew something was there. I just sat there and whimpered. They still laugh today about <sighs> being on the second floor, laughing, listening to me whimpering up there. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Kids are so rotten. Oh my gosh. Well, they're adults mm-hmm. now. They shouldn't be <laughs> <Right>? laughing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie and Brandon, I'm calling you guys out. Yeah, now <laughs> we know. calling you out. But also, just based on everything you're saying, I definitely think you are sensitive. I think you are a medium. Um, even if you haven't reached that realization yet, I definitely think you you are. Yeah. I listen. Let me tell you one thing that happened to me that does not have to do with Nanny's house. Because um, oh, yeah. this stuff happens to me everywhere, uh, anywhere I go. I, it just does. So one time I was in my living room watching the news, just randomly, no big deal, normal Tuesday or whatever. So watching the news and this picture pops up of this little boy who's like a, a toddler, maybe three or four. And the picture pops up because he's missing. But before I, I even heard the news story, they show his picture and they're talking about it. The minute I made co- eye contact with that picture of that little boy, it felt like my entire body filled with water. Like I was choking, gurgling, choking, like water was in my esophagus and in my throat what? and in my lungs. And I was like, <laughs> you know, 
like I was drowning. And I felt that way for a good several seconds. And then the story was that the kid was missing, that he went missing from his apartment building. And then would you know, three or four days later, they did another news story that they found him drowned in a nearby Uh. pond. That is crazy. No, and I oh cannot explain that to this day. The minute I saw his face, it felt like all of me was full of water. Wow. Yeah, you've you've got something <laughs> going on. <laughs> that all that reminds me of um I think it must have been our last episode about mediums mm-hmm. solving cases of like missing yeah. or murdered people and I know that that's something that happens to mediums who do that kind of work is like they feel what um, whoever they're looking for felt. So mm-hmm. whew, that is intense. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to kind of circle back on your writing because I know that our uh, listeners will be really interested in that. But I wanted to know, so do you pull inspiration from real experiences that you've had? Um, or is it just kind of like all, all creative, all your just brilliant mind? <laughs> I don't know about brilliant, but um, <laughs> I, I found out when I first started writing the book, I kind of mentored with um, someone else I know who's published gosh, five or six books now. And she, um, I was talking to her about my style of writing because I thought, I thought surely I'm doing this wrong. Like this seems so discombobulated. (laughs) This can't be right. So I found out from her that there's kind of two basic styles of writing. One is very planned where you write out a, a plot and you decide how you want things to go and what, what things the, the subjects have to overcome and how it's going to end and all that. And then the other one, she called it, writing by the seat of your pants. And that is absolutely me. I don't even know how my story is going to end until it ends. And I have a really hard time explaining that to people because everybody's like, what do you mean? How can you not know? I just don't. I start typing it and it just comes out of my brain. (laughs) I don't know. I love that though. That That sounds to me like you're even more creative. I think so. Yeah. Well, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) I just like it. Check out your books and to start listening more to your podcast. Oh, nice. I hope you love it. Before we start wrapping up, do y'all have any other kind of lingering questions? Gosh, I feel like we've we've only just scratched the surface. I feel like we could hear stories all night long. (laughs) I know. I mean, I'm just impressed. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. To be writing stories like that. And um, yeah, I don't know how you do it, but the inspiration is there, you know? Yes. So, so much real life inspiration. Mm -hmm. I just think about a character and then I think about what I want to do to them. (laughs) What kind of terrible situation do I want to put this person in? (laughs) A true writer. Yeah. If only all murderers wrote instead. Yes. (laughs) There you go. Maybe I'm saving (laughs) lives and we just don't know it. (laughs) Well, before we let you go, let our listeners know where they can find you and all of that good stuff. Um, I have truehauntings.com is where you can pretty much get wherever you want to be. I'm very active in my Facebook group, 
True Hauntings, and there's a link to it on my homepage of my website. So I post in that Facebook group every day, pretty much. Oh, awesome. Yeah. A lot of goofy memes and silliness goes on in there. So, (laughs) well, we know our listeners love a good meme. That is very heavy in our Facebook groups. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to continue listening to True Hauntings and Scary Stories and we hope to chat with you again soon. This was so much fun. Yes. Yes. I have Thank so you many so stories. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, yes, of course. We hope to see you again soon. And until next time, stay spooky. Ooh.